Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. My friend, Center, our regular Wednesday feature, joining us today. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, as usual. Gentlemen, nice to see you again. Good morning, Jim. Thank you. I'd like to uh, just throw something on the table here and see what happens to it. Uh, there are a couple of sort of semi-parallel things going on in Ottawa right now. One is the push by the Prime Minister to reform campaign financing and and as he says, uh, take us away from the American model where you can essentially buy an election. He says he doesn't want to see that in Canada anymore. Going to restrict the amount of funds that companies can donate. Going to restrict the amount of funds that uh, that people can donate to political campaigns. And at the same time, uh, they're pushing. He and the MPs, so many of the MPs are pushing for some new uh, ethics counseling in Ottawa. Uh, what they're talking about now is two councillors for Parliament and potentially two for the Senate one who would sort of outline the guidelines and be responsible for explaining them, and the second one who would investigate infractions. And I know we talked about a similar issue to this some months ago, but because it's back on the front burner again, and I wanted to raise it again today. And, and I guess where I'd like to start, and Bob, I'll ask you this off the top. Mm -hmm. um, have we, in a sense, because this is my, my sense of this, are we in any way admitting the failure of, integrity in this country by setting up this kind of a system with with uh, not only re relative to the uh, to the donations but particularly with the ethics counselor and the ethics investigator i mean we're only talking 301 members of parliament surely we can convince 301 people to act ethically i mean is this do we need to go down this road i think the whole thing is a front what i see in the background is a lot of political maneuvering and manipulation to move funds around to the advantage of whoever is pushing this legislation. Um, we already have very severe limits on spending during mm -hmm. elections. No matter how much you raise, you could raise billion, but you're only allowed to spend so many cents per voter per riding. Mm -hmm. That's the law. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. What numbers is he talking about? If he's going to, uh, for example, restrict funds, what is he raising from or lowering from? I don't get it, because there's already restrictions of all these things, which shouldn't be there, by the way. Mm -hmm. If I'm a billionaire, I should have a right to give a billion dollars to the party of my choice. They still can't spend it all. They're still restricted by the spending limit. Mm -hmm. Are the, is the spending limit okay, though? Do you support the spending limit? Well, it's high. I, I wouldn't spend that much on a campaign, because I know that money by itself is not the factor. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, it's... Uh, what was it provincially last time? It was something like 96 cents per voter or something. But, you know, it's, it, it doesn't sound like a lot. But mm -hmm. when you add up the number of voters, you need quite a bit of money. And it yeah. almost costs that much to get a message out to everybody. Mm -hmm. You want to get it in their mailbox and whatever. So, I don't know. I'm very uncomfortable when they start talking about that. I don't see it as being an issue of ethics because this government does not concern itself with ethics. Well, that's and day to day activity. They're saying now that they want to, though. Mm -hmm. they, want, they want an ethics counselor. They want an e sort of an ethics referee. And the Senate says, well, if you guys are getting that, we want one, too. Well, you know, ethics is a branch of philosophy, the third branch. The first branch is metaphysics. The second branch is epistemology. The third branch is ethics. And the fourth branch is, is politics. And your ethics depends upon your beliefs, upon your belief system, your metaphysics and your epistemology, how you understand the world to be. Mm -hmm. So, if a conservative was in, I'm sure the ethics would be different than if a liberal was in or if a Freedom Party person was in. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, you have to understand what the ethics are. On what basis are they going to be based? Um, if, if it's in relationship to campaign finances, well, all the finances have to be reported. You can see who contributes to what party. So the information's there. I don't really see an issue. I think something else is going on. Jeff, what about you? 
Well, I guess uh, uh, the first thing is that uh, I, I agree that I think things are bad in the States, and it's one of these things where once you're into it, it's hard to get out of it, where... Uh, you know, you've got a system where, where it's costing, uh, you know, several million dollars to elect a congressman nowadays. Uh, I remember reading something about um, some senator from uh, Georgia talking about how the thing he hated most in his job was that every day he had to spend an hour or two calling wealthy people to try and get them to donate money to his campaign. And he said that it, it, it went from the day of the election onwards. Mm -hmm. You had to be trying to get your war chest together for the next election. And he, said he always felt like a, like a cheap prostitute doing that because, again, what could he offer these folks to persuade them to give them millions of dollars? Uh, and, he, and he said he just hated that. But the problem is that once you're in the middle of it, how do you, how do you wind that down? How do you have a de-escalation of this? Uh, and in some respects, I think that the only time you really can do it is when you have the rare time where you've got somebody with the power to do something about it who's not who doesn't care about his, his political future or who's not beholden to anybody and i think that uh really the only time that uh that you can expect this to happen is when you've got a prime minister who's on his way out the door uh who has a majority saying i don't care about these uh these corporations and uh, and uh, large uh, donors uh, because i'm out of here i don't i don't need to raise any money from here on in having said that i think that for all the people who are still there it's a very ticklish subject because they have to sort of even if they support the idea, for the most part, the ones who do rely to a fair extent on this funding don't want to bite the hand that's currently feeding them. Uh, so they have to sort of, I think, show the flag and say, no, no, it would be a good idea to continue this fun funding and all this stuff, and, uh, you know, there's no political influence and all that stuff. I think the way you have to have is a system where there are, they can say those things, um, but the prime minister is the one who, again, just has, has no... Uh, he's not beholden. He's in that rare time in his career where he doesn't need to raise any money himself and he has the power to do something about it. So I think it's it's a rare window of opportunity where something can be done. All right, I want to ask you a little bit more about the ethics side of it then. There's a, a suggestion has been made by, by one MP that uh, the government should authorize one foreign trip for every MP once a year, anywhere in the world that they choose to go, ostensibly for political purposes. Uh, and this would replace the approximately $15 million that uh, that we know of that was spent uh, in the last year and every year on on MPs by other countries, by corporations, by uh, lobbyists, and so on to to fly these people all over the world. Which, in fact, they do travel all over the world to this conference and that the junket and whatever. Um, do we need to to do that? I mean, is there any purpose to be served? Do you think by the people paying their MPs to fly around the world? I don't even know what purpose they have in doing that unless they're. Uh, pushing foreign aid or other trade plans of some sort, which may benefit us. Um, the big money that Jeff was talking about in terms of getting a U.S. senator elected, that's true of the big-name politicians. If you're talking prime minister, president, uh, senator, or premier, mm -hmm. obviously you have to spend a lot more money on their campaigns because their jurisdiction technically is the whole province, the whole state, the whole country, whatever you're mm -hmm. dealing with. It's not like the individual can candidate in each each riding. But even so, Congress, they say that for, to, to be elected to Congress over in, in New York State, for instance, you've got to spend at least $2 million uh, just, just to be elected a congressman, the equivalent of, a, of an, MP, or an MP in Canada. Uh, and, in fact, and less than the equivalent, really, because it's only a two-year term. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in terms uh, of time, yes. And I, and I guess, and we're an awful long way from that. Like, nobody's suggesting Canada's remotely like that at this point. But I guess uh, that uh, there certainly are, you know, the banks donate hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to, the, to the parties. One thing that, that strikes me is that the vast bulk of the money always goes to the party in power. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, the, you know, when the Tories were in power, they were getting most of the fundraising, and now the Liberals get most of the money. And in a sense, it's, it's like asking you to slice your own throat to say, look, we're benefiting from this system. We're getting most of the fundraised dollars right now, but we want to stop doing that. And 
And again, I think that only the Prime Minister, because he's done, mm -hmm. can afford to say that. You know, for the other politicians in the Liberal Party, it's a very tough thing to say. It's, it's like uh, asking the Senate to vote itself out of existence. Like it, so is this, I mean, is this an opportunity here for Kretchen to genuinely leave the legacy, the thing he's been harping about for years now? Seems to me this might be if he well if he's, he's, he's left the legacy whether we like it or not whether he likes it or, or not. whether he likes it or not um, I think the, the the fundamental person being left out of this equation is the voter where does the voter fit into all of this and what control does the voter have over who gets elected again in a democracy a vote is only good if it's an informed vote and you know what who's who's being who's being paid by who you should mm -hmm. know that mm -hmm. Jeff asked a very interesting question with regard to the senators like if a senator's busy raising all these millions for his next election, the big question, as Jeff said, was what can he offer mm -hmm. to his contributors that would be worth that kind of money to them? Now, it depends, again, on the party, and you, that comes back to ethics and philosophy. Because if you're, uh, say, a Democrat, you might offer them more spending on some program or, you know, some social program, which will cut the expenses of the business mm -hmm. down. If you're a Republican, you might offer them lower taxes. If you're a Freedom Party, you might offer them less government on their backs kind of thing. So is that worth something to the people? who are paying the party. And remember, the people who pay big money to parties are no different than the voters who vote for them. They want something, too. They want free health care. They want free, free education. They want something, too. Everybody's in on this big grab bag of, of goodies. That, you know, remember that cartoon of democracy with all the little people, and above it it just says, gimme, gimme, gimme? Uh, that's very much what democracy is. And that's why... Uh, I always say after every election, the voter loses <laughs> and the yeah. politicians win. Now, one thing about it, I, I think that it's, it's unfortunate that they use the word ethics when they talk about how many trips yeah, you get and stuff like that. I think that it would be better just to say these are the ground rules, mm -hmm. you know, that we've agreed on these common rules. It's got mm -hmm. nothing to do with whether you're moral or you're immoral. It's just like here's what you can do and here's what you can't do. And I, and I have to admit that uh, I, I love the fact that the Law Society has a... Uh, uh, professional, uh, what's it, professional responsibility hotline, you can call as a lawyer anytime. If, some, if an issue comes up and you're not sure what to do, um, because, you know, can you act for both sides on this transaction, you know, is it ethical to act on this case because 10 years ago you acted for uh, a relative or somebody mm -hmm. on the other side or whatever. There's all these nuts and bolts types of things. You can call them and they will tell you. <laughs> and they have people who are trained in our rules of professional conduct and they say, here's what you do. And, and by noting that, you know, writing down that this day I called so-and-so and they said such and such, then I'm covered. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to spend a lot of brain power thinking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's those nuts and bolts kinds of things that, that people really need to deal with uh, and, and, and nail down. Frankly, I've been quite surprised by some of the things that, uh, that are being claimed as legitimate political expenses right now that apparently are, are, are <laughs> paid back to the taxpayer. And I think about, you know, the $200 a month for orange juice and mm -hmm. the Smarties and the replacing the dress in Paris and all that stuff. I... I, I I don't know if that's abuse, but I sort of would like to think it is. But if it isn't, they should make ground rules that say you can't do that kind of stuff. Uh, I was struck by uh, some of the comments about the, the uh, campaign reform saying that, well, you know, if we bring in this reform, it'll make it hard for new parties to get started up. And I'm thinking, but the vast bulk of the money in fundraising is going to the, the ruling party. You know, I just don't see how that's going to happen. And uh, they said, well, it'll be hard for parties to operate. It'll be, you know, it'll mean the taxpayer will have to pick up the tab for the cost of, uh, of the election. Um, uh, and I'm thinking, well, no, I'm, what I'm hoping is that we'll see a lot less stupid TV ads, you know, that tone down a lot of this mm -hmm. stuff that essentially is not, const it's not instructive. It doesn't help me tell who to vote for anyway. It's designed, if anything, to sort of mislead me about what the issues really are. Gentlemen, we're going to pause for a second. We remind you folks that our lines are open at 643-1290. If you'd like to join the discussion today on Left, Right, and Center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, please feel free. 643-1290 on News Talk 1290 CJBK.
This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. We're talking about political ethics and campaign reform and uh, any place those two intersect. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us today, and Ian joins us on the telephone. Hi, Ian. Okay, why do, uh, I don't understand why political ethics would end when you become a cabinet minister. For example, everyone has to show the receipts except cabinet ministers. Mm-hmm. And Sheila Copps uh, claimed $182,000 over the last two years, which is about $1,800 a week. Yep. Now, she doesn't pay for travel. Mm-hmm. But where was, and when the reporters have asked her, well, uh, you don't have to show us the receipts, but just tell us where you spent the money. And she's, she's just said, it's none of your business. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand how this is allowed. Well, I don't, I don't understand how it's allowed either, except that she can do it and does do it and should be held accountable by the voters at the next election. But you and I both know she won't be. It's been a long-held practice. You know, it's not a legal thing. It's like Jeff said earlier when we are talking about the leadership of a party. It's a convention. It's, it's, if you, once you get away with it, once they let you get away with it, it, it becomes a pattern. It also, I think, is evidence that we don't really live in a, quote, democracy where everyone's equal under the law and has to, you know, abide by the same rules. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a different set of rules for the people at the top than the people immediately below them, and that certainly should be corrected. Well, and one of the things that, uh, I guess when you get into it, it becomes hard, I think, to get back out again because everybody's got their fingers in the, in the pie to some extent. Like the Liberals found that out when they went after the Tories provincially saying, you know, we want all your expenses, you know, and big scandal, yada, yada. But then the Tories say, okay, well, now we want to see the Liberals' expenses. And then Dalton is embarrassed by the money that he's spent. Uh, you know, so it's a question of who's going to start it. It's like people living in glass houses not mm-hmm. wanting to throw stones. But having said that, it's a very worthy exercise. Like, so we, so we, so we got to do something about this stuff. Having said that, it's nothing new. Like, Sir John A. Macdonald was mm-hmm. a pretty corrupt guy, a lot of good qualities, but uh, it's, it's always been the way in politics. And the question is, who's going to start the, to clean it up? Yeah, that's a very good question, Ian. Thanks for your call. Tim's up next. Hi, Tim. Morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Morning. With respect to election funding, uh, in order to ensure a more balanced playing field, and as much as I hate to spend more taxpayer money, why don't we have it such that if it's a federal election or provincial, whichever happens to be, that the government of the day funds the election campaigns for each party to the same amount, whether it's done on a per capita for registered party members or what have you, and set some guidelines so that we don't have all this uh, glad-handing that goes on. And the playing field becomes a little bit more level, and hopefully we can avoid those misleading commercials that you referred to earlier. Well, let's ask Bob that question, because he is, he's involved with a, a smaller party uh, well, I, that, that might, might or might not benefit from that. Oh, I would financially benefit big time, but that would destroy democracy. Mm-hmm. If the government is funding its opposition, what do you think the opposition is going to do? Listen, we are already overregulated. For example, uh, Freedom Party of Ontario... I can, give, I can give tax credits for a number of issues, but I cannot give tax credits, for example, if we're fighting human rights commissions, right? Mm-hmm. But I can give tax credits if we're going to fight for gender equality mm-hmm. in the legislature. They make these rules. Like, you've, you're already given the issue that you can fight on and that you can give tax credits for, and, and that manipulates the whole election from top to bottom. And they write it in the regulation boldly and plainly. The other part of it, too, that it strikes me is that when we heard about how it was going to cost an extra $50 million dollars, to uh, donate money to the uh, parties for elections if uh, if this funding is cut. Is that, uh, what I would far prefer is to do is say, no, we'll give you free airtime, you know, and we'll even pay for uh, space in newspapers, uh, but it's going to be access that we give you to the public as opposed to giving you a big block of funding so you can go out and hire a lot of spin doctors. Well, where are they going to give them free airtime? 
Where? Yeah. Well, the government can, can buy airtime on on oh, well, so they've got still got to pay for it. But it doesn't have to be fifty million dollars. That what what they seem to be envisaging is running their campaigns essentially the same as they are now in terms of advertising, paid mm -hmm. advertising. And uh, again, rather than having the paid advertising, because I say I just find those ads to be useless at best. What I'd far rather see is debates. You know, and I'd far rather say, here's you know half an hour, make your pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to see the guy. I want to size him up. Uh, so so I would far rather here, here. spend less. <laughs> You know, get rid of all these spin doctors and so on. Give them access so that the public can have a look at them and see what they what they what they're up to and, and what they stand for. But get rid of all this uh, this stuff that sort of surrounds campaigns, all the all the uh, media experts and all the spinners and all that stuff. I, I'd rather just get rid of that. I, I don't think we have to replace the funding for that with government funding instead of private fundraising. I would say let's just get rid of it. Now we've turned we've turned co politicians to a certain extent into commodities and we market them like commodities oh, now. Sure. You're suggesting that's that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. By definition it's an attempt to 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 uh, cause you to think they're something other than they are. You know, and uh, why do, why can't we just say, well, here's a person. They've got their good qualities and bad qualities. We're going to find out about them sooner or later. Mm -hmm. Why why should we allow them to bring people in to shine them all up beforehand to make it look like they're uh, you know much better than they are. they're not. And, and, and I, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're all just people. It's not that we have to have gods running for office, you mm -hmm. know. So, so uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, uh, Preston Manning, you know, so he wears glasses. So what? You know, why do we have to have laser surgery? Why do we have to all this stuff? And then, and then beyond that, why is it that, uh, you know, people either through uh, fundraising dollars or through tax dollars should have to pay for it? I just don't don't think that's adding to the equation. It doesn't make for a better democracy, I don't think. Ditto here. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. Uh, well, we're going home now. Yeah. Let's talk of the town in 1290 CJBK, left, right, and center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Okay, guys, how do we get there then? Is, is Kretchen anywhere on the, in the right track with this starting to initiate some kind of reform? Jeff, you said somebody has to start it. He's certainly not going anywhere near as far as what you guys are talking about, but it, could well, this be a, a positive like, first step? I like Jeff's idea of changing the rules, but I'm very suspicious about, suspicious about what Kretchen's planning right now because mm -hmm. I don't really see any major need for those kind of rule changes. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can cut back foreign junkets and that kind of thing, but when you're talking about fundamental financing and things like that, I'd rather see the changes where Jeff said in, in access to the public. I want to see these politicians. I want to see them banter back and forth with each other. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you don't even get that at the local all-candidates debate. Usually it's the, the group holding it that has a, uh, you know, a, a host there that asks all the questions, and mm -hmm. the person gets asked one-on-one. -on -one. No one can ever respond to anyone else. You learn absolutely nothing. Yeah. And that's well, why nobody why goes. During the election campaign, I think we should have like uh, the TV series Big Brother. They should all live in one house. There should be cameras in every room. We watch them <laughs> 24 hours a day. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Either that or uh, American Idol, eh? We can get that Simon guy to rate them all before they get to run. This is Talk of the Town in 1290 CJBK. Well, I, you know, we make light of it, but I know all three of us share a, a deep concern about this issue and how, how or if we can ever make a change that's going to be meaningful for us. The new, uh, that new Polara poll that came out and said uh, record numbers of Canadians are just not interested in politics anymore. We have to do something to change that. And uh, perhaps allowing better access to candidates is going to do. But we're going to have two perfect examples coming up here. We've got a provincial election coming up. We've got a municipal election, which is probably the worst of all in terms of getting access to candidates and trying to figure out what you know who's whom and 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 what do they stand for. And yet we're going to have to soldier through that. People are clamoring for change. They tell us at the municipal level, but we all know that there won't be much change in November unless there's a you know a major upheaval that doesn't usually happen. It'll be business as usual because it always is. I mean, is there any hope for the future? I, I think 
fundamentally ethics in politics, even regardless of whether I agree with the particular politician's uh, philosophy. I think the, the fundamental thing that the public expects in ethics is stick to your promises. Do what you told us you're going to do. That's why Mike Harris was popular, even mm -hmm. though I think Ontarians didn't have a particular penchant for conservatism. Mm -hmm. But they trusted Mike because he did what he was going to say, or he, you know, he followed through with what he promised. Mm -hmm. And I think on, on a very basic level, that's what you want to see in all the politicians. After that, then you can argue about philosophy and the rest of it. Last word to you, Jeff? Well, I think that, as in a lot of things, we are better than we used to be, that there's less corruption now than there was under uh, McDonald. Uh, certainly there's less corruption in Canada than there is in a lot of countries in the world. We have an ethics commissioner, but, but you sort of get the foot in the door that initially they have very little power. Um, so I think that we're sort of heading, lurching uh, drunkenly in the right direction. But uh, I think we do need to support things like a Chen right now, and he's going to take a huge amount of heat for this because a lot of people, do, you know, this is not going to help their lives at all. Uh, and uh, he'll be called every name under the sun. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a small window of opportunity where he can get through a, a meaningful change to financing, which I think is in the right direction. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, thank Jim. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us on this edition of Left, Right, and Center. Join us again next Wednesday at 10.30 for our next go-around. Mm -hmm. And stay with us now. We've got a news and weather update. We've got uh, some more interesting topics to share with you. We've got uh, um, your last blast today, just before noon. So lots of good reasons to stay right where you are on News Talk 1290 CJBK.